What's up, everyone, and welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk. And today, we'll be going over week 18 of the NFL season. It was a crazy week. Uh, we'll be talking about the uh, four main games that, you know, really made a difference in the playoffs. Uh, but we'll also kick it off here with, uh, you know, the coach firings on Black Monday. Um, it was very interesting to see um, some of these coaches get fired. But, you know, let's jump right into it here. Uh, first off, we got uh, the first firing was uh, Vangio. You know, s- Sunday morning after the uh, loss to uh, Kansas City, the absolute collapse against Kansas City, where they ha- they had the game wrapped up in their hands, and all they had to do was just punch it in, and they fumble. Uh, they fumble in, ex- in exchange with. Uh, you know Melvin Gordon and uh, was it was it a running back exchange or was it just a fumble like fumble snap? Nah, Melvin Gordon just got blown up. Oh, that's what. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh my gosh! And then they go back and run it back for a touchdown, and it just it, you knew you knew you knew the Vic Vangio era was done at that moment. Um, and oh man. Uh, but Vic Vangio getting fired. I think it was the best option. I think Vangio's a. He's a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach, and I think he's just too old. Um, you know, we, we look at, like, his age, and we look at the age of coaches around him, and you you rarely see head coaches, like, first-time head coaches coming in at that age and performing well. It's, it's never happened in the NFL, and... You know, and he's just a better de- he's just a better coordinator. Like their defense was still phenomenal. That every year he's been there, it's just their offense couldn't get anything going. And honestly, I think a lot of, a lot of it had to do with having Pat Shermer there and just not having a you know a good a good offense offense coordinator offensive mindset in there. So, what well, are your thoughts on it? No, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's just a be- he was a better coordinator. Uh, you know, sometimes it sucks because you don't get the right quarterback in there, and it, it definitely stunts the growth of, of what you want to do as a coach. Um, I mean, their defense has been phenomenal. I think this year really peaked at a, at a really high level. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously can still coach. Uh, you know he's going to be a hot commodity as a defensive coordinator if he's willing to go back down to that, which I'm sure he will. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he wants to go have another job, coach football. Mm-hmm. But – I mean, he did a phenomenal job there, but, you know, look, when you have Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke and just all the the rotating door quarterbacks, like, you know, no nobody's set. Um, I get it. And, you know, ultimately, look, that, that, that can make or break you in the NFL. Um, we've seen a lot of really solid coaches get fired because they don't have a quarterback. And at a certain point, like, you know, sometimes, you know, the ownership gets impatient. The the GM gets impatient, even though it's their fault for not getting a quarterback. And the head coach is the first one gone. Like, hey, you're not coaching the team well enough. Hey, you're not doing this well enough. Regardless of who the quarterback is, like, hey, sorry, you can't you can't do it. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, I have Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm facing Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, and Justin Herbert. Obviously, I'm not going to do super successful. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they even went 7-10 and 10 this year, in my opinion, was impressive. Mm-hmm. And, um, hey, I'll tell you what, the Broncos, they're set up for a really successful future, uh, whoever they get. And especially if they go after one of these quarterbacks this offseason, 
they they could really like pop off um, for the next couple years. So mm, I think a lot of it is just landing the right head coach for them, just landing the right guy. And uh, you know, there's a lot of good guys out there. You know, we'll get into one here in a little bit, but there there there's a lot of good I think uh, scenarios that they can go out and get a good head coach in. But we'll move on here. We got the next firing was Mike Zimmer. Surpri- to me, it's surprising, but it's not at the same time because I like uh, I like Mike Zimmer. Uh, I think Mike Zimmer is a really good head coach. I just think you've been there eight years. You've had some great seasons. You've had some of you, – you've made the playoffs a bunch of times in your tenure. Just, you know, you can't – you couldn't get – you couldn't win the big game. You couldn't win the big game, man. That's um, that, that's just that's going to sting on you, especially when you have a team that's this that is very it's, a, it's very good. It's, Minnesota's been a very good team for a little bit, and you know not being able to make the playoffs. And I know their defense, and they've kind of downgraded ever since that NFC Championship. They've just been kind of on a downward trend a little bit, even with the acquiring of Kirk Cousins, but. You know, I think he could be go go over and be a head coach somewhere else, or he can go back to being a uh, defensive coordinator for a couple years, and then work his way back up to a spot. But Mike, we're not. It's not. It's not going to last. It's not going to be the last time we're going to see Mike Zimmer as a head coach in the NFL for sure. But I, honestly, I just think Vikings just needed a new new face on their franchise, and just they just need the rebuild at some point. People are getting older. You have a star to build around. Um, and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Well, wide receiver. Justin oh, Jefferson. Justin Jeff- yeah. That, that, that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. Your thought, your, what are your thoughts on this? No, yeah. Uh, really successful guy. Uh, you know, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot worse you could do as a head coach. I mean, he's been really successful. You've seen what he can do with Case Keenum at quarterback, right? Uh, leading him all the way to the NFC Championship. And yeah. The defense has faced a lot of injuries over the past few years, and did know Hunter is literally almost. It feels like he's been hurt every single time, uh, every year since that NFC Championship year. Mm-hmm. And look, man, it, it sucks. Uh, the The offense has been phenomenal, really. You know, that's why Kevin Stefanski got a head coaching job. Uh, Kirk Cousins balled out this year. Kirk Cousins had a great year. You have a Justin Jefferson, like you said. I mean, re- literally going off. Like, I mean. He's, he's, you could argue maybe the best receiver in the NFL at this point, maybe top three easily. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's uh, crazy to say that, but I, th- I think it's a it's an interesting spot for any coach that, that's that's looking. You know, that, that's a good candidate that kind of has a choice of where they want to go because mm-hmm. you know as much as people want to rag on Cousins, Cousins is a really good quarterback, top uh, top half of the league kind of quarterback. You know, probably like thirteen or so, and Look, if you can just implement the right offense, I mean, you've got Dalvin Cook there. If you can continue to build that O-line and then kind of get that defense back to where it used to be, mm-hmm. this team can be really, really good. And I think if you get the right coach in there, you know, kind of like with Stafford, you know, getting there with um, with Sean McVay, right? We always talked about Stafford. Look, at times, look, Stafford, as good as he was, yes, he did have times where he couldn't win big games and the times where he seemed like he folded under pressure. But he gets with uh, Sean McVay, and he's flourished this year. Like, I mean, probably his best season ever. And he's entering his 10th season. So I think if you give somebody, um, if you give Kirk Cousins a chance, 
and you get a good head coach in there that really wants to um, expand this offense even more, I really think this could be uh, a really, really good team next year. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Kirk Cousins. I, I wonder if a- uh, we know Kyle Shanahan and him have a phenomenal relationship. I wonder because Trey Lance, there's a reason they're not playing Trey Lance. With how Jimmy Jimmy G, I'm a Jimmy G supporter. I like Jimmy G. I think he's a good quarterback. But he hasn't played the best this year. Um, and we'll, we'll get into the game here after we get through the head coaches and all that. But he has not played the best this year. Trey Lance should have at least had a couple more starts. I know he got injured at some point. But there's a reason they're not playing Trey Lance. And when, you, when you've seen Trey Lance's production on the field, it, it didn't look good. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco trade uh, in the offseason, especially with the relationship uh, with the relationship uh, him and Kyle Shanahan have, or we could see him go to Cleveland with uh, Kevin Stefanski. It wouldn't be surprising to me. But, yeah, would that crazy? Yeah, that'd be, that'd be everywhere. And then, hey, so what happens to Baker Mayfield, though? I think Baker Mayfield just dealt with a lot of injuries this year. Uh, he played through a lot of injuries. You know, he clearly wasn't. Uh, you talked about Troy Aikman on the, on the, uh, I forget what, I'm blanking on the game, what game it was, second, set last, second, last game of the season, where he was just talking about the, like, him not being able to put any pressure, throwing the football, be able to, like, torque his hips at all, throwing the football, and, you know, I think Baker had a lot of injuries, Cleveland just had a bunch of turmoil this year, I think they'll be back next year, uh, if they're, if they're healthy, but, don't be surprised if she if you see her Kirk Cousins to Cleveland trade sometime this offseason. But we'll move on here. We got Nagy uh, getting fired from the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've been talking about it for a little bit, so I'll keep this one a little bit shorter. Uh, it, it was time. Him and Pace, both of their times were up in uh, Chicago. And, you know, it. Like, yes, he went 12-4 and, and he went 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, most of the time that doesn't get a coach fired. Maybe they get another year, but that but how they went eight and eight, both of those years, says a lot. You know, says a lot about his coaching, especially with this team. This Bears team should should have been in the playoffs this la- the la- the last four years, and they haven't been. Uh, they've only been twice, and that says a lot about coaching. That says a lot about. The way the offense was moving, the offense was absolutely atrocious, and you bring him in to revamp the offense, and it never happened. It's, it's been one, it's been some of the worst offense we've seen out of a Bears, maybe the worst. Like I think Lovey Smith had a better offense than him. Mark Trestman, obviously, and then John Fox, I think, had a way better offense, even though it was just a ground and pound offense. Like Matt Nagy's offense was terrible, and you know he at some point you need to let him go, and you need to. You had a fresh face in there, and I think they did a good job with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, Matt Nagy didn't do a terrible job, and I, in all honesty, I think when you really look at it, like he, it wasn't the worst job ever. I mean, it's hard to coach in Chicago. It's very much like Philadelphia. I think mm-hmm. fans are very passionate. You know, it's a, it's kind of a blue blood franchise. Like it's been around for a long time. Um, I mean, especially Chicago, right? Chicago's one of the first. Mm-hmm. And I mean George Hallis and just the history of Chicago and what what it what it means to the NFL and I think Chicago like when you look at certain teams right like Dallas Pittsburgh Green Bay um, 
and some teams like that, the Raiders, right? You look at some of these like blue blood franchises that have been good, the Browns, um, like that have been good um, in the past and that have such a history, uh, especially the Bears as well. Like it's better when those teams are good because the like obviously because there's fans worldwide for those kinds of teams, right? Like there's not huge fans worldwide for like the Colts or for the football team or for, I mean, like for the Texans or teams like that, right? But you get these like blue blood franchises and there's huge, um, there's huge, huge fan bases. And I think it's better for the NFL when they're good. And so I, I think the bears have the right direction. Mm-hmm. If they can get a good GM in there, if they can get like a guy like Brian Flores, they can get um, somewhere, someone that can come in and bring some structure and discipline um, and an identity to this football team because that's really what they haven't had is an identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at what the Bears are. What are they? What are they? Are they a run first, play action? You know, are they San Francisco? Are they a, a gadget kind of team? Like which nobody really likes, but are they? You know, do they do a lot of gadget stuff? Are they? You know, do they do a lot of motions and um, and uh, get you to think a lot? Like Kansas City does a lot. Are they drop back? Like what do they do? They have no identity. There was nothing that the Bears did that was like, wow, like the Bears are really good at this. And mm-hmm. I think if the Bears were to look at a guy like Big Banjo to bring him back at D.C., and you get a guy like Brian Flores to come in and be the head coach, I think you would have a great direction for Chicago moving forward because with Justin Fields in place there, I think he's going to be really good moving forward. I think you have to give him some time, allow him to build a freaking offensive line around him so he doesn't get injured. Mm-hmm. All right? He needs to stay healthy. But the Bears have a nice future looking forward, and it's a good thing that they have Bill Polian coming in to help them with this search because he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's had success with the Bills and with the Colts, and you saw what he's done with both of those franchises. So if he can have a little bit of say in helping what the Bears do, that's a good sign as well. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. And this is my favorite, and we'll go over to my favorite target for the Bears. We have Brian Flores getting fired from Miami, surprisingly. And what it seemed to be over was just the it seemed like the GM for some reason didn't like him personally, so therefore he fired him. If that's what it seemed like um, from all the stuff that came out about it, and it it was nothing to do with performance at all. This team, but this team shouldn't be nine and eight. This team shouldn't have been ten and six last year, but they were, and that says a lot about Brian Flores and. Honestly, if we're being honest, people get their feelings hurt too much nowadays. People don't like to, I don't think, like to be disciplined. People don't like to be going in, going and actually having to grind through stuff nowadays in the NFL. It's all about, oh, can I get this next brand deal? Can I get this commercial? Can I get this flashy stuff? I, so all I have to do is just stay healthy. You look at Odell, you look at Chase Claypool, you look at Juju Smith, Look at those type of players where they don't have that much discipline. And you have somebody like Brian Flores who, you know, people are like, oh, he's, you know, he's very tumultuous in the locker room. Probably because he disciplines, you know, he disciplines his players. Bill Belichick disciplines his players. That makes them good coaches, in my opinion. That makes them great coaches. That makes them, that makes your players be better players and be better people off the field. And... To me, it just seems like people just want the fame. They don't want what comes after it. And I think we're starting to see that nowadays in the NFL is people want their money, they get their money, and then they go bounce from team to team 
to win a to win one Super Bowl and then their career is basically done. Like we're kind of seeing with Odell with Cam Newton, which I think Cam Newton more had to do with injuries, but it's it's kind of where the NFL is going now, and it's been like that in the NBA for a while. But you know, we there there the need for a coach to discipline his players is still as important as it is for in the NFL, and I think Brian Flores is one of the very few that still does it. And for him to get fired after two great seasons with a crap team mm-hmm. says a lot, in my opinion. And I just it's it's just it's still baffling me. Brian Flores, I think, still one of the best coaches out there right now, and he he shouldn't have got fired fired at all. This could be this could be the Bill Belichick thing with when he got fired from Cleveland. Who knows? That's true. That's honestly that's kind of true though. Like maybe he gets a gets a chance to um, to like redeem himself somewhere else, and then you see like a a great um, turnaround. That'd be insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think like because Belichick got fired from Cleveland right after like a really good year. What'd you say? I said Belichick got fired uh, after a really good year with Cleveland, right? I think it was like ten and six or something like that. Yeah. So it's just oh man, it was it, to me. It's it just baffling to me. But to be honest, though, if they don't want you there, you know you don't need to be there. You know, and I, and hopefully he gets a team that wants him because he, he's a phenomenal head coach. Mm-hmm. He's a phenomenal head coach. And we'll move on here. We got the last one that happened yesterday off of Black Monday or out of Black Monday. It was Black Tuesday for him. Um, Joe Judge got fired. You know, you saw Dave Gettleman step, quote unquote, step down from his position. Yeah. Uh, he got fired. Uh, and Joe Judge, you know, you knew it was coming. If they're bringing in a new GM, he's going to want his head. He's going to want a new head coach. And you saw it happen. I, I think Joe Judge is the same way. I don't think he's as good as Brian Flores, but he's very similar to him where he's very hard-nosed, he's very old-school, and people just, I think, get their feelings hurt when people yell at him nowadays. And it's just, he, he I, I think he's a good coach. I just think he needed a little bit more time because, to, for being honest, I think that Giants roster was way worse than the Dolphins roster, and he did his best with it and almost got him to the playoffs last year with what he had, and he just couldn't get over the hump. He had Daniel Jones having his best season get injured halfway through it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, this team just not – it wasn't the best. I think he's a – I think he'd be a solid head coaching candidate in a couple of years or five, six years, whenever it's down the line, whenever people want him back as a head coach. But I, I, I think some some of it may be too maturing, maturing. I think he needs to mature a little bit. But uh, I think he goes back to – he goes back to New England or he goes to Chicago, becomes the special teams coach and – We'll see what happens if Brian Flores goes there. But I think he follows Brian Flores, for being honest, because that, that New England guys usually usually like to stick together. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, I would be surprised if um, he becomes like the uh, the special teams coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, wherever Brian Flores ends ends yeah. up. So yeah, we'd be surprised either. So we'll move on. You got anything else? No. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll move on to the games here. Um, sorry, a little bit, 20 minutes in the podcast, and we're not even touched the games yet. But, yeah, we'll move on here. We got the four games that we're going to talk about. We got the Colts at Jacksonville. 
Oh my gosh. Houston, you're the Colts fan. I'll let you ramble on here if you want to. No, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and ramble too much, quite honestly. Um, you know, look, it was just the inability to execute. It was a game where, you know, one team was the clear favorite and one team was not. And the other team that was the favorite in the Colts, I, honestly, I felt like they came in flat. They were like, we got this. We just have to show up and win. And they didn't. And the Jags came in. They're like, no, like, we don't like the Colts. We're rivals. And we want to see them lose. And we, we want to make sure that they don't make the playoffs, right? And we're being honest. Like, they don't need the first overall pick because whoever Detroit's going to do with it is not what uh, Jacksonville's going to do with it, with the second pick. If they would have had – say if uh, Detroit were to lose to Green Bay. You know, and that so that they 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 could have won, and it it wouldn't have hurt them at all going into the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it just came down to I didn't think it was a good coach game. Uh, Eric Fisher got his butt whooped constantly throughout the game, and what Josh Allen went off. What'd you say? Josh Allen was going off. Yeah, two sacks, and he didn't have a sack going in. He didn't have a sack for how many weeks? So, uh, I'm going to the wrong thing here, but he he ain't had a sack since the Buffalo week when he sacked Josh Allen like three or four times in that game. This, oh yeah, I don't know. It, it was just a ter- they look like you said they look flat. Like they look like they were owed a playoff spot and they didn't get it. That's what it felt like. Uh, they didn't look they didn't look prepared at all. They looked like they were going out the free like just free flowing out there and not doing too much and it was it just it wasn't a good game plan and like I think everybody's putting the blame here on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz didn't have a good game. He had a bad he had a bad game. He didn't have the best game. He had a lot of overthrows and all of that, but a lot of that a lot of it to me runs deeper than just Carson Wentz. I think you know a lot some of it was uh you know Frank Wright not getting the protection he needs, not chipping players uh, you know, again, sack six times is terrible. You know, and you need to get a better protection scheme going in, going into the second half. You're down three to ten, or you're down three to thirteen going into the second half. That's not that big of a comeback. And the thing is, they still even won the game. If they were down, if they were, if Jackson didn't even score the second half. It just, it, it was terrible. It was just an awful performances, and it's, it's one of the worst losses in NFL history, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite terrible. And I think a lot of the blame definitely has to go on Reich. A lot of it has to go on Wentz. I mean, Wentz did not play well. And down the stretch of the season, if it was not for Jonathan Taylor doing what he does, mm-hmm. Wentz, honestly, Wentz does not have a great last stretch of the season. I mean, he has that one pop-up game in Arizona. All right, he played really well, had that great throw. It was kind of the thing with Carson Wentz, right? And I like him. I really do. I think he had a solid season. I'm not going to sit here and rag on the guy and say he was, like, trash, like some people are going to be stupid about. Watch the games. He was solid. That's really about it. Like, he wasn't bad. He wasn't good. He was average. And in this league, average will get you beat. You need to have guys that are above average or elite to win in this league. And just you seems- look at, the, look at the, the rest of the AFC. Look at the teams that you got to compete with. All right? Kansas City. Buffalo. The Chargers, the Raiders, all right? Tennessee's kind of an exception. 
but they can still throw the ball deep and push the ball down the field, right? Ryan Tannehill's not afraid to do it. When you look at these teams, right, they all have one thing in common, and that's being able to open up the offense, throw the football around, and not be afraid to throw the football, like not feel like you have to hide your quarterback. And that's the big thing with the Colts this year. I almost felt like at times they didn't trust Carson to throw the football enough. And when you're in, in certain situations, sometimes you have to be able to sit back there and just throw the football. Sometimes you got to be able to sit back there and just pick apart a defense. You're not always going to be able to run the football. And the fact that the Colts only won football games when Jonathan Taylor had over 100 yards outside of the Raiders game, that's indicative of the fact of, of what the Colts need to fix for next season. Because to me, this team's too talented of a roster. The defense is too talented. The offense is too talented. Um, and they can still improve greatly to be not a playoff team. So this team has to figure some things out. We saw Ursay say that uh, some major changes need to happen, and that they really need to fix some things. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Mm-hmm. But um, I- I'm curious to see what direction the Colts go this offseason. Not even just as a fan, but just as a football fan. Because the- you could really see a team that takes a huge step forward or a team that continues to stay in the same place and looking and looking ahead to next year. If the Colts have really the similar roster, they probably won seven or eight games next year because everybody else is getting better, mm-hmm. especially the Jags. Look at the Jags right now. They get a head coach in place that they trust. That's good. The Jags, I promise you, will be a lot better next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one thing is we look at the confidence level of Carson Wentz, and I was going to go to that, but it's Carson Wentz that looks like he's, just not, he's not playing with any type of confidence out there. That's mm-hmm. what it looks like. He just looks like he's not confident at all in what he's doing, and it shows up on the field. Uh, but also, one thing I want to touch on here before we move on is, is there a real possibility Aaron Rodgers, say they go on, you know, he has a really good year. It looks like it's going to be his last year in Green Bay at the moment. And what happens if they release him? I think he has one more year on his contract, right? So what, what if they go on and release him or cut him or just pay him or whatnot. And is there a possibility he goes to Indianapolis? Because of Pat, no, McAf- so. because of Pat McAfee. No, I think so. I think it's a real possibility. I think I think if you look at a couple possibilities, right, the, the Broncos for Rodgers are looking at, uh, the Broncos are looking to get some Packers coaches in there. All right, they've interviewed some Packers coaches. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that's definitely a sign that, like, hey, Rogers, we we want you here. But also, yeah, I think Pat McAfee, like him and him and Pat are, are really really good friends, and he's always on his his uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So I would not be surprised if something is available for for Aaron to go to Indy, and if Pat doesn't try to persuade him, because Pat's still a huge Colts fan, still a huge Colts supporter. I mean, he always talks about like that's his team and everything, right? So. I would not be surprised if you see Pat talk to Aaron about going to Indy because with that offensive line, with and with the receiver, oh, and look, you you can still go get De- uh, Devontae Adams this offseason too because he's a free agent. Yeah, and the Colts have like the have like two two billion in the cap because they never spend anything. So I mean, look, there's a real possibility the Colts could make a really big change this offseason. I think you got to make something. Mm-hmm. You got to go for a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, whatever it takes, because. You look at you look at the Rams, and everybody said like, "Oh my gosh, you gave up what? What was it, like two or three first rounds for Matt Stafford?" And look how successful they've been. I know he threw the most interceptions in the NFL, 
but he also threw 41 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, today's NFL, like, if you go analytically, interceptions don't mean anything anymore. Because it used to be, like, the team that was terrible or the team that was middle of the road, you know, the Giants and the, sometimes, or the Packers when they would have a down year, the Bears when they'd have a down year, Cutler, Favre, Manning, like, throwing the most interceptions in a season. It usually meant you had a bad year. Now, it doesn't matter. It means you're pushing the ball down the field, and it means you have a higher chance of explosive plays to win football games. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see. Um, you know what? You know, we'll see what the Colts do. It's going to be interesting because they're one of those teams that it very well could have been like, "Wow, Frank Reich got fired." Like Frank Reich got fired mm-hmm. because of what happened. I mean, even though they signed an extension, Ursay is one of those guys that really cares about winning football games. He's always talking about winning the Super Bowl. He really wants to be. Um, like Jerry Jones, I feel like he really wants to be in that kind of conversation of an owner, um, or the or the Robert Krafts of the world. Um, but you got to win Super Bowls, and he's very adamant about wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And when your owner says something, and when your owner says big changes need to happen, you have to make big changes, or else the 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 clock starts to accelerate on your time in that in that organization. Yeah, Com- completely agree with you. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah, well, you you good with the Colts? Houston? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's move on here. We got Pittsburgh. We got Baltimore. This game was this game was insane because it almost gave the Colts like a second hope. Uh, man, because if they – oh, my gosh, man. If they – if the Colts – if Baltimore and them tie in this game, the Colts would have been in the playoffs. That's how, cra- that's how crazy everything would have been here. Um, just – this game almost came into a tie. I think Ben played a really good game for his capabilities now, but their offense couldn't really get anything going, and they still won the football game. A lot of credit goes to their defense, but uh, there's just something about this Pittsburgh team that just keeps in, keeps on hanging on, and they just keep on hanging on until you know somebody until they're they, until they can't hold on anymore, but. This team is, it feels a lot like the 2005 team where you, with Jerome Bettis where, you know, they come, they're, where they're coming off the season where Ben went 15-1 and one as a rookie. They have a, have a down year. They, they're going in as the last seed in the AFC. They're playing, um, you know, some of the harder competitions in the AFC. I think they, it, who they have, do you remember who they had to play in that wild card there in the AFC? That first time, I don't. First, I don't. And but they had to go. They had to go to Indianapolis and play Peyton Manning, and they barely beat him. You know, uh, with that missed field goal at the end. And then you go to this year. You know, they're coming off a season where they started twelve and zero. Yes, they had a very down part of the last quarter of that season where they lost like five straight. But Pittsburgh, I don't know. They just feel. It just feels like a team of like destiny, like they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's what it feels like. I don't think they will, but that's what it feels like. And they come away with the win with the team. I think it was probably still better than them, even without Lamar. Says a lot. And Tyler Huntley, I think he he probably had more of his worst performances of the year in this game, and it just came at the wrong time. I think it just came at the wrong time, uh, and. It it just didn't help. This game was this game felt very much like a two thousand eight, two thousand nine Pittsburgh and Baltimore game right here. But I'll say this: Look, if Baltimore can get past Kansas City, in Pittsburgh, right, 
then they would play the Titans. They've already beat the Titans. Mm-hmm. They are the kind of team that can beat the Titans because they're a physical, smash-mouth football team, and they go at it just as harder, if not harder, than, than the Titans do. And then and if the Raiders were to upset Buffalo or New England, I mean... To be honest, though... On, and, the, then, and then they play one of those teams, like they play the Raiders in the AFC Championship. I mean, the, the Steelers, I mean, they're... Their defense is that good. Their defense is that elite to where they could really take this and, and upset a couple teams. They really could. I really believe that. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they could um, really shake some th- shake some things up um, in that way. But I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting. This this whole game, I mean, it was a crazy game. It was fun to watch. Um, came down to the wire. You know, we had a lot of games like that this weekend. And, you know, ultimately, look, Good, good for the Steelers. Good for Big Ben. You know, getting one last ride, um, even if it is a first round exit, getting just one last chance to be in the playoffs. I think is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think everybody's what, gonna be watching that game Sunday night. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. Uh, we'll see. Though I just don't like. We'll, we'll get into the predictions though. Uh, you know, uh, tomorrow. But it's, jeez, man, like. I don't see a Mike Tomlin team getting blown out again like that. Two like for the same time in two years. I just or for the same for the or two times in the same year. So it's just I don't see that happening. But we'll move on here. We got Forty ers at Los Angeles. We have the comeback in in uh, Los Angeles here. It's Jimmy G played his butt off in that second half uh, of this game, and so did Debo, Debo Samuel. I'm surprised is not getting MVP conversations with how much he's doing for this team. Uh, you know, he's running the football, he's catching the football, he's doing returns from time to time. He's just, he, he's a phenomenal player, and he, he's been kind of carrying this team on his back for the whole, for the whole season, and I'm just shocked that he hasn't got any type of MVP consideration at all. Mm. Do you, uh, what, uh, let me see what he has here this year. So he has, um... See all his stats here. So for the season, by receiving, he has uh, 77 catches, uh, 1,400 yards, um, six touchdowns receiving. And then you go to his rushing, he has 59 carries, uh, 365 yards, 6.2 yards a carry, and eight touchdowns on the ground. And then he's also thrown a couple passes as well and has a touchdown thrown in the air. Like he's done, He's done a lot for this team. And honestly, he, he's 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 playing some phenomenal football. And this this San Francisco team is very scary. It seems very scary heading to the postseason. I think they match up well with a lot of teams, in particular the uh, the Packers. I think they match up very well against the Packers. And for you know the Rams or Arizona that may have to play them a third time doesn't bode well for them. And I just I really like San Francisco. I really like San Francisco heading to the postseason. They're just a very well coached team with a lot of strengths on defense and uh yes their offense is flimsy from time to time, but when you have that great of an offensive coordinator or head coach in uh Kyle Shanahan, he's gonna be able to be able to get some points up on the board. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm really curious to see what happens with San Francisco because they're one of those teams, again, they match up really well with a lot of teams. And 
you know, let's just say they upset the Packers or they upset the Cowboys in the first round, which is very possible. Yeah. Look, I think the Cowboys could blow them out. Just as much as I think they could uh, beat the Cowboys and ups- upset the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And if they do that and they go to play Green Bay, I know Green Bay beat them earlier this season. Um, but you look at uh, his kryptonite. I mean, he's always struggled against San Francisco, always, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have always struggled against uh, San Francisco, and especially recently with with the way they run the football and with the way the Packers run defenses. And teams can still run on them, and I, and I think if you were to get a team like that that is wanting to focus on the run, play action, be smart, play really good defense, then I, I think you could really um, see another upset. I mean, the, the, they are a scary team. Edge rusher, run the football great, um, phys- physical all across the board. You got a quarterback that, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, he's really good and, and, and really co- cool, calm, and collected in big moments, doesn't freak out, right? I mean, this team is dangerous, and for the fact and the fact that they were able to beat the Rams for a second time this year and put themselves in the playoffs in a win and end situation, I think is even more scary. So, if you're a Cowboys fan and you're feeling like, yeah, we have a Super Bowl kind of team, which I think they do, you got to be kind of concerned that you're playing a team as hot as the Forty ers right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Their their teams uh we we talked about them like being very hot down the stretch, then they went cold a little bit, and then they come out and they win this game here. This San Francisco team is a very streaky team, and if they're hitting on all cylinders. They they definitely have a shot. There's a reason they made it to the Super Bowl two years ago. They they're, they're a very good football team. So we'll move on here. We got the Chargers. The last game here, we got the Chargers versus the Raiders. To me, in Probably the best game of football. One of the best games in NFL history. One of the best games in NFL history. And the question is, did the timeout force Las Vegas to go and kick the field goal? I think they were going to kick the field goal anyway. I just think they were going to have a kick a longer field goal. What happened? Because I honestly, I didn't think that they were trying that hard to get down mm-hmm. the field. And when they called the timeout, I think they were like, they may be trying to push this out of the playoffs, sir. And honestly, I don't think th- I think the timeout just came from a just came from a uh, a uh, alignment standpoint. I don't think Brandon Staley took a timeout for that reason to get the ball back. I just think he took it because his players weren't lined up at all, and mm-hmm. I think it's just the whole thing. And then you get the stuff coming out where Derek Carr reportedly said that he may have uh that they that they were probably trying to kneel it out, which I don't think's the case because if they tie in that game, they have to go to Kansas City and Kansas City's blown them out twice this year. That exactly, exactly. That's such that's such horse crap. I think they're only saying that because it's a rivalry game and they're wanting to get under their skin more. Mm-hmm. That's really the only reason I think they're saying it. No team is gonna want to take a knee. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to take a knee and go go into the playoffs on a on a on a nil down like that? Mm-hmm. You give the Chargers momentum because now the Chargers have life, and now they're a dangerous, dangerous team because they can beat anybody and compete with anybody. Yeah, um, whether it's defensively, whether it's throwing the football, I mean, they can do it all um, outside of running the football. Super great. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're gonna tell me you're gonna sit there and take a knee and, like you say, go to Kansas City? Really? That's what you want to do? You want to go to Kansas City? And you want to go play Patrick Mahomes 
who has destroyed you two times a season. Yeah. I, I don't think you want to do that. I don't think you want to do that. I think you want to kick the field goal and, and go all the way up to a five seed. That's what you want to do. So mm-hmm. don't, and play the, play the Bengals, who are going to be probably a little rusty and new guys in the playoffs and first-time head coach in the playoffs and all this stuff. Uh, having sit, sat their guys in week 18, you want to, you, I know you'd rather play them. So don't, that was so stupid that that was like a, even a conversation. Um, and everybody's like sitting there blaming uh, Brandon Staley. And I'm like, really? Like, look, I mean, yeah, the timeout, like, I, I agree. Like, I think it was kind of purely like, I, I think it was just a mental, like, hey, we got to get our alignment set up. Like, our guys are kind of all over the place, right? Yeah. You don't want some crazy big play to happen. All right. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to defend it better, and it it is what it is. They got and they broke off what a big run after that. Probably yeah, um, like a ten fifteen yard run, yeah, and it and that put them right back, and that put them right in great field goal range. No, they were already going to kick the field goal. Uh, Daniel Carlson is our, is is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and what they kept saying all night hasn't missed in the stadium ever in two years. Yeah. So okay, he's he, like uh, to me, it's just kind of that whole conversation was is ludicrous to me. I, I think. You always play for the win. You want the momentum. You want to feel good going to the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry, but you go into the playoffs playing the Kansas City Chiefs at the 7th seed because you tied. Like, yeah, we feel great about it. So, no. You're like, man, we just won. Like, everybody's hyped. Everybody's excited. Great week of practice. You can move forward. Like, that builds momentum. That builds confidence for your football team. Mm-hmm. Not tying. So, I just think that whole flipping narrative was stupid. Yeah, I think it is, too. Um, and then you go to – it's oh my gosh, man! the The way they they played against Kansas City, though, the uh, Raiders lost by twenty seven the first game, and what wasn't even a close game, forty one to fourteen, and then the second game they lose forty eight to nine. So you, you're gonna tell me they're gonna go want to play Kansas City in Kansas City? No, like that's just, I, I like I agree with you. That narrative is so stupid. Um, Gosh, man. And the thing is, though, the Chargers would have had an easy matchup. They would have been playing Buffalo, and I think they match up well against Buffalo. The way Buffalo's been playing this year. It just To me, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, like you're talking about, you're giving a team that's on the verge of maybe becoming something in the Chargers, and you get them to the playoffs maybe a year earlier than what people expected them. And mm-hmm. that just gives them more experience going into the next year as a young team. That's No, that's stupidity. That's stupidity. Uh, good, but good one for the Raiders, though. Uh, Derek Carr played his butt off in this game. He was making throws. And this defense, he steps up and makes big plays. Yes, they allow a lot of points here in the uh, fourth quarter, um, especially down the stretch there. But they played their butts off for three quarters of this game. Uh, and to me, it was so baffling. They had Desmond Trufant in. For that little bit of the game, they didn't put Nate Hobbs in, and it was weird because Nate Hobbs was playing his butt off, and then they put him in. He makes a really good play on Mike on Mike Williams uh, in overtime on that third down, mm-hmm. and you're just like, why wasn't he in here? And they kept putting Casey, <laughs> and then he made another good play when uh, Williams was going up for the end zone on that jump ball, and he was able to defend it. Yeah, and they kept putting for me. They kept putting Casey Hayward on Mike Williams. I don't know what Gus Bradley was doing, but that, that that's not a matchup you're going to win. Casey Hayward, great great corner. But you're putting him up against probably the most physical, maybe the best jump ball receiver in the NFL. I think he is the best jump ball receiver in the NFL. Why are you putting him on a 5'9 guy 
Or why are you putting a five nine guy on him? It just it didn't make any sense to me. And you were getting big plays after big plays on it. Yeah, it was and to me. It didn't make any sense. Uh, but you got anything else for this game, or except it was and to me. It's it's a it'll go down as one of the best games in NFL history. That was, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal finish, yeah. phenomenal game. Justin Herbert really emerged, as in my opinion, as probably a top five quarterback in this game. And uh, next year, the Chargers, in my opinion, should be one of the favorites heading into it. I think with what mm. making the improvements, obviously, you got to make improvements how you got to make them. But yeah, and uh, if they if they can learn how to finish games and learn how to do things in the right situations, then I, I think the Chargers next year will be one of the most scary teams in the NFL. Yeah, I think so too, and I think. What 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 is this game called here, Houston? What every great NFL game has a name. You know, you look at the uh, uh, we're talking about the Kurt Warner movie because I went to go see that last night. You know, you're talking about the one yard short. You're talking about the ice bow. Um, you know, you're talking about the uh, you know the fog bow. The um, you know, you name it. It's just uh, every NFL great has a great name. Every NFL every great NFL game has a great name to it. You know the catch. What is this one called? The timeout. Is yeah, I'd say it's probably like something stupid. The, like timeout. the timeout. Yeah. Oh man. And the thing uh, is, if the Raiders go on to win the Super Bowl, this this that timeout becomes even more prominent in NFL history. Yeah. No. Seriously. Like, if they were to make some crazy run and go to the Super Bowl or something like that, we'll always talk about that timeout. Mm-hmm. We'll always talk about that game. Mm-hmm. And um, if they if they don't win and they lose in the first round. You kind of start to forget about it as much like, oh, yeah, that was a great game. Remember that. But you don't think about it as much. But depending on what the Raiders take with this momentum and the confidence they just built. Um, I mean, and look, I think the Raiders can hang with anybody. They can throw the football on anybody. They can they can score with anybody. Their defense can play tough at times. I mean, they get guys that can get back there and rush the passer mm-hmm. and, and get uh, insane amounts of pressure on them and make them uncomfortable. So, I mean, they have kind of the recipe for success to beat teams. I'm just curious to see if they actually execute it. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, we'll be. So uh, is that it? You got everything? Yep. Yeah. Thank you all again for listening. Uh, you know, we'll get the we'll be, we'll post it up on like our socials on uh, Friday, but we'll do it uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. night. The predictions. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, thank you all again for listening. Make sure to you know, you know, like, share, comment. You know, we're always open to making the podcast more enjoyable for y'all to listen to. And then make sure to follow Houston at Varsity Ginger 55 and me, underscore Sparky, underscore four on Instagram. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Spark Talk. And make sure to follow, follow the podcast on Twitter at Spark Talk, too. Uh, thank y'all again for listening. And Houston, I'll let you do the outro. All right, y'all. Yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed the regular season, I'm sure. A lot of teams, a lot of fans disappointed and, you know, their team not making it and whatnot. But exciting playoff picture. We've got a lot of teams, that, a lot of crazy matchups, a lot of interesting games this weekend that I'm excited to talk about. Mm-hmm. And really, I don't really I don't really know who I, who I think is going to win. And so I'm still trying to decipher through uh, these games and whatnot. But I'm excited for it. Looking forward to it. And uh, until next time, y'all. Peace. See you.